So the, the title of this talk is a little bit silly in a, in a way, but uh, on the other hand, it is not. It's something we all deal with. Uh, how to make decisions. Is that what I said? No. How to make decisions. I can start right at the beginning. Don't make any decisions. Stop doing that. Stop setting, uh, don't set yourself up to buy into relative truth with such intensity. Don't ignore relative truth. This happens, that happens, this goes easy, this goes dif this is difficult, this is light, this is dark, this is blue, this is... What's the opposite of blue? Not blue. <laughs> <laughs> Another sit-down comic. <laughs> you don't know? What's across, across the spectrum from blue? Yellow. Yeah, it's a combination of the other two primary colors. So anyway, it's it's a complicated situation. It's not as black and white as we would like to make it. It's much more involved in that. So how to make decisions? I would say first, let's look at that whole dynamic that we have been buying into and been lectured to uh, by our parents, our society, our culture is all the same. Well, you've got to make the right choices. And every time I hear that, it just gives me a migraine. I don't really get migraines. Do I get just a regular headache? It's like it's just like it's, and it puts me in a situation where I, I feel like I understand something about that. It's extremely hard to put into words. So therefore, I've thought about this topic a lot, and occasionally I've talked about choicelessness and making choices. But it comes right down to, um, so insofar as you can, don't make decisions. Don't don't go into that kind of a of a cul-de-sac or that kind of a fixation on right and wrong, or up and down, or back and forth, or successful and not successful, the correct decision, the incorrect, you gotta make the right decision. That right there is a setup for uh, some kind of disappointment on some level, because it's so very complicated. What are we presuming there? We're presuming we have some control. I'm not saying we don't have control, but the presumption about control actually covers up or clouds up the actual control. Quite often it's based on uh, Hope and fear. Hope for things, something better. Hope something's going to succeed and fear that it's going to go the other way. Hope and fear. So we, it was another setup. Uh, so, so insofar as we can, we first of all should meditate, should be meditators. This, this kind of a teaching or psychology, philosophy, whatever you want to call it, won't, won't work really well unless you have a strong sitting practice because a strong sitting practice and meditation uh, actually allows you to open up into a deeper dimension of relative truth. You're st still relative truth, but it's, a, but it's a deeper dimension of that. And ego doesn't particularly care for that. Ego would rather have everything sealed up and signed and, as they say, say sealed, signed, and delivered. Is that what they say? Uh, well, would they say signed, sealed, delivered, and signed, sealed? <laughs> You said not in that order, so Just I presume you knew the right order. Huh? Sealed delivered. Oh, can't be that way. <laughs> it's not how Amazon does. <laughs> Who is it that's bragging about Amazon Prime? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I can't remember what the situation was, but I think Chazon responded to me with. I, I said something like, um, you know, please remain the 
keep teaching, keep, keep teaching. You said your order is being processed. And I said, luckily, I have Prime. Oh, <laughs> I knew it was funny, but I didn't say. <laughs> I usually forget the middle of every joke. <laughs> is that funny? <laughs> so again, what I'm saying is, is let's uh, look at your decision. The next time you're faced with some kind of a should I should I do that or should I do this some some kind of either or. Now please don't abandon that. Don't get out of that by covering it up with a decision. Actually, the decision will make itself, and it might make it ten minutes later from the time you. Just settle into your awareness of it. You should be aware of the dichotomy, aware of the of the polarity, aware of the it's tipping this way, it's tipping that way. Now it's going more this way. But to to clamp down on it and try to squeeze some kind of success out of it is uh, it just creates uh, suffering. And it, it and part of the reason it's creating this creating this suffering is there's so much ignoring of all of the other uh, aspects of our lives. There's so many things that are going on that are completely ignored, and so. Very simple situation. You you're trying to decide between I don't know something very simple. Two different. Maybe you're you have a job and this is going fine, and you're offered another job. But you you know that even though this one looks better or this one is tempting, there's always there's no way you can know there's no way you can know how that's going to work out. Even with guarantees or with people signing the dotted line, there's no way you can be sure of anything like that. So what I'm recommending basically, especially to someone who meditates a lot, if you're not doing much sitting, then this might not work as well. Or maybe it would. But just hold off. Just wait. It's called, uh, what is that word? Patience. Have some patience with your own uh, um, turning around and trying to navigate and trying to figure and calculate. Because quite often, what you're working with that you're using to ascertain the correct whatever choice or path or uh, whatever is uh, is so uh, filled with presumptions, beliefs, opinions, misunderstandings, and, uh, uh, and more, again hope and fear that you know you it's not that you can't do some of that but we tend to overdo it because we start to get paranoid about it or worried that uh, we're not you know that we have, we're going to make the wrong decision, but we've got to make some, and we need to do, decide because time is running out. I would say wait till the last minute, wait till the last second. Just wait, just wait. You can, you can wait, wait, and then when it comes right up and you have to decide, if somebody has said you have to decide now, green or blue, green, and then uh, and you don't need to know why. In relative truth, you're doing that because you are. It'd be like trying to decide what acid, to, how much acid to put in your stomach to di digest food. It would be like trying to control things like that, like your your kidney function or your your heartbeat or your body temperature. All those things are happening uh, quite without your interference, and you wouldn't want to be, as I've said before, you wouldn't want to be put in charge of that because you'd be dead in a few minutes because you, you'd make a mistake. So all evidence is partial. This is why you can't use relative truth to calculate things. And this also isn't to say that you can't look at a situation and see, could be better to go this way than to go that way and actually have some success at it. But be quite careful or quite tentative about getting any, getting too, what is the word, uppity? About your ability to make right choices or good choices. Uh, better not to make any choices. 
let the choices make you. Let let the choice be so obvious and so clear that you you it's choiceless. You can't help but do this. The only way you will be able to experience that is to have some courage about that and be able to hold your seat, watch what happens. And if you have strong fear or a strong presumption or a strong grasping at an outcome, you're going not only you're going to suffer, but you're going to actually begin to cover up your wisdom mind, which already knows what you should be doing or not doing. Questions about that are good. This is, would be more of an interactive talk if you have it, because uh, there are questions that would help us uh, all go deeper into this material for such a simple topic. Okay, good. I'll keep talking. Oh, you have a question? Yes. So what if what if there's a decision that's difficult to make? Like, if you don't like your job, yeah. but it's easier to ignore it and just carry on. You know you're ignoring it? No. Well, how would you? How could you make that statement? It's easier well, to ignore. Well, let's say you're just not going to make a decision till you have to, but then you do decade after decade in a bad job or a bad marriage mm -hmm. or something, and then you're dead. This is a person that's had as a as a meditator and is practicing and strengthening their awareness all the time, and, and actually has a, a teacher. I don't know. Are they telling the teacher how they're functioning? Or are they? <laughs> Or are they just going on and kind of hiding out? How, how would you know the difference between waiting and ignoring? Or would you? Well, you know you're waiting. But if you know you're ignoring, then the ignoring starts to go away or vanish or, or dissolve because you can see that you've been covering something up. It's quite embarrassing to realize you've, you've been ignoring something. I'm sure we all have some kind of a story. I have a bunch and I'm not going to tell any of them. But it's like you, something you, that is obvious, maybe even obvious to others, and you just keep ignoring it. You're telling yourself another story because you're giving yourself this kind of internal propaganda about something. Because you don't want to face the situation that this is not working. Your job, your situation, your life, your investments, your your relationships, all of that. Right and wrong is extra. You know, we don't really need that. It's too it's too involved and confusing to see that uh, clearly enough to say, well, I I'll just figure this out and I'll just make the right choices. Sometimes we hear people lecturing other people. You have to make the right choices. <clears throat> and that's when I want to, I don't want to do anything really bad, maybe hit them. Yeah. Because uh, someone who's talking like that, they wouldn't probably, you wouldn't be able to discuss that with them. They wouldn't be open to it. They're so sure that we have to make the right choices, don't you? You can see this facially. <laughs> yeah, you have to make the right choices. No, you don't. Don't do anything unless you have to. Because then when you do something out of you have to do it, and that means all the causes and conditions have come together in such a way that there's only one way that this can happen. There's only, there, there isn't any decision happening. Please present me with a question around this. This is not easy material. Yogito. Um, so if you have a dilemma that you're sort of working with and yes. you're waiting for a, a yeah. decision, how, how do you... Um, how do you stay there without going to a place of anxiety? Or you might have to go to that place. That might be part of the, you might have to go to the anxiety because that's like, um, quite often what, what people are trying to do is get rid of anxiety rather than understand what it is. They want to, they want to do away with it. Sometimes we do, sometimes we use uh, chemicals or, or activity, some kind of something we can keep from being anxious about it. When, from the point of view of these teachings, not to torture yourself, but it might be better to spend some time sitting in that anxiety and watching that anxiety 
come and go. I actually observe that this is what the Buddha did 2,500 years ago. As far as we know, had some very profound things to see about the nature of reality and the nature of being a living being. So you would you would stay with it, but you wouldn't you wouldn't do it so long you're like you're torturing yourself. But if you like, for instance, if someone goes into in our in our situation here, if you go into solitary retreat for a week or two, ten days, whatever it may be, that's that's voluntary anxiety. You're actually going to go in and volunteer. It might not be feel anxiety come up, but you're in a position where if it comes, you don't have anything else to do but sit there and look at it. You don't have anything else you can do. That's why those kinds of practices are so powerful. More about that? Good question. Sort of a related question is sometimes a decision seems to come, um, sometimes in a dream or something, you yeah. feel like you've made a decision, but then it switches. It goes back to something yeah, else. Yeah, just go back. Well, we enjoy it. You know, at least you're not bored. That's what Sanchi does, Bridge. <laughs> I pick up my friends. So I'm saying that people have different styles, and some people tend to lock down on things, which is that kind of ignorance, just holding on to it. Uh, and then there's other uh, ways of pushing on it. Pushing it away, pushing it away, pushing it away, back up, back up, pushing it away. And then there's a, the kind where we go in and we bounce back and forth inside of it. I like it, I don't like it, it's good, and I shouldn't, yes, I shouldn't, no, I shouldn't, I can't do that. But if I do that, well, this will happen, I can't do that. So, But it's always about awareness. It's not about ending any of those things. It's always about the awareness around that. That's why the anxiety that comes up is actually, as we some discuss or talk about here, is a, is a Dharma gate. So it's, a, it's, a, it's actually worse to the average person who has no path like this. Uh, that, that's just a problem to get gotten rid of or dealt with or go to the doctor or something. Whereas to a meditator, if you're trying to get out of your, your negativity or get out of your difficulty, your suffering or your anxiety, get away from it or solve it or cover it up, then this is the, this is the mundane path. This is a way of most of the world is dealing with it that way. As People who have opted or decided, as I said, don't decide anything, but you find yourself on this path and then whatever comes, that's it. That's what needs to come. That's what needs to come. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you're not going to find yourself in a situation where you're making some kind of decisions, very simple, I'll do this rather than this, but they usually happen without a lot of going in circles, maybe one time around and then, you're, then you just take off in a particular direction. More. Yes. Can choicelessness be accompanied by a feeling of being unsure? Probably always is. The unsureness is has to do with the identity. Uh, there's a, the, what transcends the insecurity of that is there's nothing to be there's nothing threatened. So we the path as we start out we go along we have our path we have our difficulty we have our life we have our craziness or whatever we say, we go along and then when we when we enter the path, then we begin to actually look at the, uh, the feeling of being unsure, the feeling of being kind of lost without reference point, and we, we continue, we just continue and continue. And then the discovery is, to put, put it conceptually, hopefully this will point to, uh, point to it in such a way that it will be helpful, what, what is discovered is not that we get rid of it or we solve it, we just find there's there's no one to be insecure. 
rather than insecurity. Insecurity might come or go, but you no longer mind because if there's no longer, if the insecurity can't find anybody to be insecure, then, you know, uh, good luck. You're not really wishing insecurity to have good luck, but you're, it's a way of saying, well, look around if you want. Karma, causes and conditions are gonna bring, all, bring up all kinds of things. We've been here forever, and we've all been dealing with this kind of stuff, lifetime after lifetime, the way it looks. So you would you just work at it, work and work, work at it, and then at some point you would start to see that there really isn't a solid being who is experiencing any of these feelings, success or failure. If there's a lot of discursive thought around a, what looks to be a, a decision that needs to be made, um, is that an indication that we should wait or hold our seat a little longer? Probably. And you can just watch the energy come and go. The energy goes this way. And it's actually looking for something. There's the, the tendency to want to just lock down on it. You're just tired of vacillating. Get tired of it. But at, fun, at some point, the vacillation or the going back and forth or the disturbance or the anxiety or whatever it is, it can't find someone who's anxious. That's uh, the discovery is just uh, uh, in the Tibetan tradition is called ranjong or self-existing. Just a way of talking about it. It isn't that either. It's just a way of talking about it. Just say it's just that. <laughs> yes. Um, if, if it seems like there's a lot of discursive thought that um, that maybe makes a decision too quickly, and then we don't we don't even realize it um, until after. A decision has been made. Was that a wrong decision? No. No, it's just a, we, we just did what we did to add anything to it. It's, whatever it is, it may be difficult, it may be challenging, it may be produce more anxiety. But right or wrong is, uh, is, a, is a, a misunderstanding of what's happening. What it's doing is it's clamping down on something as being correct, incorrect, uh, for the benefit of our self-centeredness or ego. So of our apparent identity, rather than seeing the dependent, that everything is dependently arisen, even something that tends to go this way or gets better and clears up. Have you noticed uh, no matter what's happening in your life, if things are starting to get better, you'll immediately attribute credit. You'll give, you can't hardly help it. Well, this must mean because I'm eating more Cheerios. Unlikely that that's gonna be it. Or I'm drinking more water. Just like with my uh, situation with the diabetes, it's just about impossible not to think about why um, particular blood sugar readings are changing or going this way. We start to look, look for attribution, some kind of simple cause and effect. Not that that's not happening, but quite often, especially when we get into psychological, uh, emotional, spiritual situations, uh, things get more and more difficult to track to their actual cause and effect. The cause and effect, it might be there, but it's not, not as simple as just <coughs> this causes that. Because that's that's localizing it in just to this simple, manageable, or apparently manage, manageable situation. Yes. Yes. Um, what do decisions look like as a group? Like we are in a community, and sometimes there's something we all have to look at. That's something we do quite a bit. Mm -hmm. We just we just look at it. So. If you if you need to make come to some kind of understanding, then I I don't 
particularly want to vote. We don't vote here, but I don't. I don't like decide, for instance, decide something without talking to others who live here in this community or students of mine. So it's uh, it's kind of like a consensus, but we're also not locked down on that. Uh, the example I often use is uh, uh, buying the building next door. Any of the buildings that we that's just what we're going to do. I, I don't need to check in with anybody on it. Which is, I'm not, it doesn't give me bragging rights, I'm just saying that's the way it shows up. Uh, something else we might do, we might talk about extensively, even though I, you could say, well, why not, as long as I want it, you just decide. Well, it just doesn't happen that way. Sometimes it's, it looks obvious we, what we should do, and other times it seems really you know, spongy or changing or shifting all the time, so we just have to continue to look at it. Yes. Um, another situation where sometimes it looks like we have to make a decision is within the context of relationships. Yes. Especially if there's a disagreement. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to work with that um, that tension as far as... Well, to communicate. We, quite often in our uh, community here or in our relationship, I in relationships, I encourage people to sit down, you know, yeah, we, we do is here we bow to each other to show some kind of a separate situation where we're actually going to sit down as equals. This includes the teacher and the student. Sit down and, and look at that situation and discuss it without any strong agenda about getting to a conclusion. But tr just try to work with that. Stick with the communication part. Communication, the basic, the part that's usually misunderstood is listening. There's not enough receiving, and there's a lot, quite often there's more trying to convince someone. As soon as you try to convince someone, just it, it's just something about that doesn't doesn't work. Even though you think that things are going away that you don't agree with or that you think is inappropriate or unskillful, you don't there are things that happen here that I don't particularly agree with, but I I go that way anyway. Even though I wouldn't have to, being the head leader here, more or less, I could kind of make it go whatever I want wanted it to go with that. I just don't here to work with it that way. So it's like, I don't know what else to say, maybe other questions about that would help, help us go deeper into that. What about the idea that we just get stuck on this idea of resolution, like, oh, don't go into bed angry, or, you know, that's what everyone says. So when you're having a disagreement, um, is there a way to work with it where the intention is not, we have to come to a resolution or we have to be happy at the end? So what's the question? I heard you. What's the question? Is there, is there something more to the communication than just getting rid of bad feelings? Yeah. I think it, I think it has to do with really receiving it and, and have a willingness to feel bad rather than, when I say that, don't, don't necessarily, the emotion is there, the, the bad feeling is there, that's your Dharma gate rather than, even though some situation might have ha happened with your mate or another person or a partner or something that seems to trigger this difficult feeling, it's not that that relative part isn't happening. It's just that to go that direction, mother. It's just to go to that go to that direction just causes the thing to turn over and turn over and turn over. Uh, whereas in that situation, maybe the only uh, actual um, uh, maturation or or, or uh, fruition of that situation, the only way it might you might be able to work with that is to actually allow the the situation to. To hurt, to allow it to be uncomfortable. In other words, don't don't go into praise or blame or anything at all. Don't do anything with it. 
and, and rather than set up a system, oh, don't go to bed angry or don't, you know, it's getting a little bit artificial, like we're, we're working so hard to get a result out of it, uh, then, you know, then you, then we might as well go back into psychology or studying C.G. Young's psychological types, and looking at the Enneagram, and using astrology to try to figure everything out. You know. I'm not saying you shouldn't look at any of those things, but don't use them to figure anything out. It's like, look at leaves in a tree, nothing there to figure out. That reminds me, the other day we saw, you know how trees are always, the leaves are in the air, and the roots are in the ground? Well, in natural hierarchy, the leaves never show up in the ground with the roots in the, in the air, except maybe in the Amazon, there's always an oddball down there. But we drove by one where the branch had broken off and the, and the, the was sticking straight up, and the leaves were all down like that. It was quite constructive. I think we pulled over and sat and contemplated that for a couple of hours. <laughs> so as, as uh, uh, Suzuki Roshi says, says in the title of his uh, last book, which the students published, of course, was uh, Not Always Self. You can't find anything that's always going to be the case. Things are always fluctuating. Are there questions about this decision? <coughs> When, we, um, when a decision um, will make itself, is there a kind of openness around that? Could be. Might, be able, might feel that way, that things are moving uh, in a way that just seems natural. Natural what flow. As the, the in Taoism, it's, you know, it's called a large horse way, just a mizu no kukuro, a kukura, mind like water. Just wherever the water, the water just goes wherever it needs to go. But there's no commentary, there's no babbling brook behind it saying, yeah, you're doing it just right. Just flow, just go in the flow. That's not what we're talking about. If you're doing that, then that's extra. That's called, what's that called? Propaganda. Don't, don't ever say go with the flow. Not that you shouldn't go with the flow, but don't lecture yourself about it or congratulate yourself when you're doing it. Is it okay to tell you that? <laughs> How can we have a willingness to have bad feelings without lecturing ourselves about it or saying, I just need to feel this, I just need to be yeah. willing to receive this? So I, I feel that from my experience, the only way to work with that, and I'm not, you don't have your particular Scott psychology or anyone else's, but the way it looks over here is just continue to do it. The, the difficulty with learning anything especially something that is a spiritual path, which is just totally invisible. There's no merit badges anywhere. It's the opposite of merit badges. I mean, it's the opposite of some kind of, yeah, here's your diploma. You, have, you are now the greatest bodhisattva who's ever lived in Michigan. It's <laughs> <laughs> just not going to happen. And if it did, your own insight, your own understanding would think, well, this is kind of corny. <laughs> Unless it didn't, in which case that's a different level of, of uh, intelligence operating there. So just continue. You hear me say this over and over. I say it in interviews to people. I say it in Dharma talks. I would say just keep going. The, the, what you're looking for, you're looking at. What you're looking for, you're looking at all the time. Tomorrow at noon, tomorrow afternoon at 3.30 when you're walking out to um, uh, chase away a, a muskrat that's banging on the back door. It couldn't happen. You know, that's it. That's exactly what you're looking for. What is it? Not separate. You're, you, who you are is showing up everywhere, all the time. If you can realize it while you're in this form, 
then when you move to the next form, which is probably going to happen, uh, then there'll be a lot more clarity. You won't drag all of this misunderstanding with you into this other realm, sometimes called death. Michelle? If you are suggesting that we don't make a decision, doesn't that leave, could that lead to the potential of being stuck in a bad situation, possibly? It could. It could, but you, you, might have to, you might have to give it a break. If you're constantly looking for a way out, you might want to just stop for a while and not do anything about it and make, look at it three for three days or a week or a month, but probably not 15 years. So, but your, your own intelligence is going to operate. I'm saying it would be a lot, probably a, more than likely a lot more clear about what that dynamic is and what that stuckness is if you back off from the pressure on yourself about it. Like quite often, if, you're, if there's something you're trying to accomplish, uh, you're probably not going to have too much luck if you're always lecturing yourself about it, especially behind the scene, backstage or somewhere. You're always telling yourself, do they, can't do that, you should do this, you shouldn't do that might be better awareness-wise. It's not likely to be very clear unless you have an awareness practice happening also. So when you do sit down and hold still, you actually have, there's a lot of space around your thought patterns. Even negative emotions that arise, you see a wide open dimension around those. That's the beginning of bodhicitta or, or awakening uh, or compassion. If you, you first become compassionate with yourself, give yourself a break as the saying goes. Allow yourself to be genuine, be who you are, with all the negativity, with all the smelly stuff, and with all the fragrant stuff. Let, let it, just let it be there. Be who you are. And then if something needs to move this way or that way, it will just start to move without any particular mover or agenda around it. And, and going back to Junshu's question along the same lines, give it some time to actually have its negativity, have its say. In other words, be generous, give your attention to your feelings. Don't immediately have a negative feeling or a difficult feeling or a wrenching feeling and try to control it, try to shut it down, fluff it up by justifying or blaming people or blaming others or blaming yourself, closing it off, distracting yourself, uh, drinking beer, <laughs> whatever. And I don't have anything against any of those things. But, but sometimes we, when we have three or four people all playing golf and one person is actually not playing golf, they're avoiding something and there's nothing wrong with it. It's not like that's evil. It's just that it tends to perpetuate the very situation that they should be maybe paying some more attention to. It's hard to do that if you don't have a, a spiritual path, you don't have a meditation practice. It's difficult to look at the negativity because it's, it's like crap. So, yes. A uh, question from Jim Johnson up in Muskegon, and there Jim. are two others with him watching tonight. Very good. He asks, um, sometimes circumstances force a decision seemingly before we are able to allow causes and conditions to ripen. Is there a more skillful way to make those decisions? Most skillful way, if it, if it arises where you're just, you know, you're, you're tumbling over and you, you know, you're forced to do something just by the nature of the motion of everything around you, then uh, do it as gracefully as you can. It's time to fall down. Have you ever noticed how if you're starting to fall and you know there's no way to stop it, you immediately, it's just a kind of an innate, almost an emergency intelligence comes out of nowhere and said, that says uh, in very short thought patterns, if I fall on that rock, I might die. 
that if I can move a little bit this way, so that my head hits next to the rock, then maybe I will live to see another day. Have any of you experienced something like that? I have, just not too long ago. It was when Casey walked in front of me. The, when I fell over in the grass, there was rocks there, and I was going down, and I was looking at where my head was headed for. So Casey didn't mean to do that. Casey had no idea that she was dealing with an old man. <laughs> Out of balance. So, so there's a natural kind of intelligence that takes over. That's why quite often when, when we're in a, an emergency or something, an emergency comes up, some people just get very flustered and things get worse, and other people just become very clear about it and know exactly exactly what to do and just function without without even thinking. They just immediately take care of the very fundamental nature of that uh, situation. Thinking of one person that, that a little child, very tiny, was walking out between two parked cars and uh, with Diane. Uh, she, I mean, she moved, this is an old woman, and she moved to uh, grabbed a hold of that child and just as like lightning speed she was there had that child back on the sidewalk without any uh, and everyone else was kind of going what where is she going so yes go down as far as what appears to be a decision is there a difference between impulsivity and spontaneity thank you that's a good good question the, the, the the word uh, impulsive means it's coming out of some kind of a, I've got to do this, some kind of urgency or, or, or some kind of uh, uh, emotion that comes up that we need to react to or get rid of or, or accommodate or go along with. Whereas uh, spontaneity is where we are at rest. We might be moving, but we're, the mind is basically at rest. And it, it sees as a wide uh, panoramic. It's called a fancy word is it, ashana panoramic awareness, which comes out of shine, or uh, shamatha practice, or um, stillness. So we, out of that stillness, things are moving this way, and that way, and this way, and that way, and we just are spontaneous because we are not interfering with what's happening. We're, you could say, dancing with that. We're moving with that, the complete spaciousness of the phenomena that arise in that area. We're not at war with anything particularly. Even though there might be negativity happening, we have a spontaneity that uh, that comes up. We probably all have a, a situation where we look back and, and realize that we didn't even think about that. Just I just knew what to do. I didn't think about it. I just went and functioned and did this and took care of this. And, and somebody else might have said to you, how did you know how to do that? How did, how did that show up? So we all have something that happens like that occasionally, but, but you can't make it happen. If you try to recapture that, then yes. Is what you just described a glimpse of the absolute? Um, yeah, but it's it's not naked yet. It's still got clothes on. I probably shouldn't go there because I get bad press when I start talking like that. But it's it's something that is not. It's there, but it's still uh, it's still covered up by uh, very subtle kinds of projections and understandings about things. To see the absolute isn't to see anything, because it's fundamentally it's not separate, so you basically don't see anything. You see things, but they're empty of a self, or empty of an other. More? So it could be a glimpse. Yes? You're talking about a natural intelligence that yes. sometimes arises in emergency situations. Yes. Is there a way to access that or maybe cultivate that? 
in non-emergency situations? I'm very biased, as you know. Said a lot. We have uh, most of the people in the world are running around with can have extremely high intelligence, really able to understand, figure things out, calculate things, but have no have no mind training, no basis at all. So they're operating out of self-centeredness that is that is uh, op that is uh, tied into hope and fear, success and failure. It's tied into the relative truth, and it doesn't realize there's anything beyond that. So extreme self-centeredness. Uh, so. Um, I don't know if you can really cultivate it, you just have to keep spending more time just in the awareness, just, just awareness, just sitting and watching what moves and eventually by seeing, by not grasping onto the negative thought, or pushing on the negative thoughts and grasping on the positive thoughts, ignoring the insignificant thoughts or whatever, or the, the chatter that's going on without doing any of that, but, being, but just receiving everything, then what starts to become obvious after a while is the space in which the things occur. The things are doing something. The space is doing nothing. The space is not doing anything. Your mind is just like a blue sky. So, yes. Is space the same as that natural intelligence? Seems to be. The metaphor for it. It's just natural. Uh, like, uh, as I talked about in the Zogchen tradition, the great perfection. It's just uh, it's natural. Nothing special. Seems like it if we're looking for it. Yes. Um, Shane from California has a question. As much as we push and pull on, really, can we actually affect outcomes? Well, there's a, there's the illusion that if we can just do this or do that, that we can cause things to occur or not occur. But you'll notice that that you can have ten people all trying the same thing, and some people just because of what. Their whatever you call it, their packing or their whatever they're packing, what their their karma. You know, they just have an advantage to getting to the same goal. It's interesting to watch the Olympics and watch people who are highly skilled. Yet one of them's going to do just a little bit better than the other ones, and it might be a what is what was that one skiing situation? It was like a you know a tenth of a second or something. They won by it. They actually won by a tenth of a second. So that's insane to have that kind of a measurement. And that's legal insanity, <laughs> wouldn't you say? I mean, because the causes and conditions that provide, I mean, the amount of snow under the skis, the, the wax on the ski, uh, everything had to come together exactly for that person to get that. But I don't know if they it should go from silver to gold. It's not that big of it. But we want that kind of a thing. We want the person who won. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? You're thinking about something else. So I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I want everybody to yawn. <laughs> One, two, three. There we go. The only person who didn't yawn is Junchu. That's because she yawned about five minutes ago. <laughs> she used them all. Used up her yawns. <laughs> That's got to be a good talk. Used up oh. yawns. Yes. Oh, um, I misread his text. Um, Shane says, as much as we push and pull on reality, can we ever get what can we, we do want? That? Push and pull on reality, can we ever get what? Um, can we actually affect outcomes? Well, there's always going to be some kind of a cause and effect and some kind of an outcome. So if you, if you, 
you know, the outcome could be a positive outcome, a negative, a neutral, something. But if you if you if you don't go to the pool hall, you can't lose. <laughs> right? Or pool. Or if you don't go to the bowling alley, you don't have any gutter balls. <laughs> but if you go to the bowling alley, then it's going to be, you're going to have your nose rubbed in it. Gutter ball after gutter ball. You should all watch Bad Santa. <laughs> Anybody seen that? Here? No. It's not. It's a really good bad movie. So no, I don't have any stock in that movie. Have a few more minutes. Any any further questions about um, making decisions? Yes, goes on. Thinking of the first reminder. Yes. First, contemplate, first contemplate the preciousness of being free and well favored, difficult to gain, and easy to lose. Now I must do something meaningful. Yes. What if you don't know what to do? Come and talk to me. <laughs> really, literally, that's why you have a teacher. Uh, and then you might ask the teacher questions, and he, she, or they might say, it might turn and run away. My last teacher avoided me. I don't know if I had bad breath or what. So, but that was a powerful message to me because the way in which I was functioning, that's probably the only thing I could really hear was to be uh, dismissed. It was powerful. It was, it was very emotional for me. I didn't tell anyone about it for a long time. It was powerful. So if you don't know what to do, then find someone that you can, maybe you can't trust everyone. Or maybe you shouldn't trust anybody, but you should give. Find someone and give them the benefit of the doubt. Listen to what, what they're saying. That's what people do. You know, I have a what a dozen students or two dozen students, maybe. I don't know people. I don't know how many people watch these videos. But I say, give me the benefit of the doubt. And if you don't know what to do, then you know, actually do that. Don't don't do anything. Hold still and watch what is moving. Just like the times you spend in retreat. You know, that's like. Like deliberately, it's like an artificial doing nothing. You're actually going into something we call a, a strict solitary retreat. You go in, you close the door, you take all your food in with you, and you don't come out for 10 days or two weeks or three weeks or a month or whatever. Maybe you just sit there day after day for eight hours a day and just watch what the mind is doing over and over and over and over again, one iteration after another. Yes. What if it's a, a simple situation like you the house you got company coming in an hour and the house is a disaster and you don't even know where to start or something simple and day like that and you're like overwhelmed is there a no. way to have them help you clean up the house good <laughs> i think I, i'm not saying that that's kind of a formula that you should use but you can consider that you could you could not be particularly uh have your reputation reputation at stake because you've got people coming over in the house of the mess. They could come in and they say, maybe what do you have? Maybe five people come. Say, can I have two volunteers <laughs> <laughs> to do this or do that? I mean, you could you could include people rather than try to put on some kind of a presentation to people. You could just be genuine, be who you are. 
there was the old story. I probably have time to tell it, and I have to paraphrase it. I don't know how it goes. Has anybody heard the story of the, the old monk? Um, or maybe he's a young monk uh, in a cave in Tibet, and his teacher was going to come and visit him. He'd been in retreat for several weeks or months or whatever. He had his altar all set up, and he got it, and he knew the teacher was coming, and he got it all set up, and he sat in front of him, he was waiting, and waiting. He didn't have a watch, but it was in Tibet, hundred years ago, waiting and waiting, he kept looking at the altar. And then after sitting there for a while, the teacher wasn't there yet, so then he picked up his incense burner and threw the, threw the, the, the uh, ashes all over the shrine, and just, it was just a mess. And he sat there, and then his teacher came, and, and they bowed and everything. And they sat there, and the teacher kind of looked at the altar and looked at him. And he said, well, I had it all cleaned up. And then I thought, well, maybe you should see it this way. <laughs> you really don't see the humor in that. That's about bad Santa. Huh? That's like bad Santa. <laughs> That's extremely funny. <laughs> Tell more jokes. <laughs> We're not laughing at your jokes. I know you're laughing. I didn't so look at the back of my eyelids for half a century for nothing. I don't know what you're And I don't mind. You can't make a you can't make a fool out of somebody who's always who was already a fool. So there can't be an embarrassment if there's no one there. And that doesn't give me bragging rights particularly. Well, maybe it does. But you should see Bad Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Several times. It won't work to see it, see it once. You see it once, you're not gonna like it because it's crude, it's rude, it's biased, and it's just terrible. You have to watch it. More times, <laughs> you could go on to another and just go on to once in a while and just take it in little chunks here and there, like we do. <laughs> I just, I'm really anxious to tell you about it. I can't do that because you need to go see it, and I want a book report. <laughs> but let me know what you thought of it anyway. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much. Once again, uh, if you value this teacher and these teachings, please help us financially as much as you can. We have donation boxes in the hallway, and we also accept payments, PayPal, checks in the mail, debit cards, credit cards. Bitcoin. Maybe. We'll <laughs> take some bitcoins. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.